Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, that all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you're listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday and enjoy the talk. Welcome to Live Dharma Sunday for May 16th, 2021. Well, Yoko here, so very, very glad you joined us. Indeed, in the middle of May, we have our annual lay ministry induction. We call it an induction. Uh since we're introducing this concept of lay ministry rather than ordination of clergy, which means that they're separate now from the lay. There's a big split between the two categories of lay members and clergy. And uh, the clergy is the one that presents the religious instruction and leads the rituals and talks about the teachings and the lay community or congregation are the more passive receivers of those things whereas the clergy is the active giver Um, when we use the concept of lay ministry this means that it empowers individual lay members that they can be their own teachers. I think this is the the epitome of the whole movement that Shinran started with Jodo Shinshu Buddhism. Uh, You see, in other denominations or approaches to Buddhism, there's always professional clergy. They're the ones that know. The lay people don't know. Uh, There's the teachers and the students. Whereas we want to, when we say non-dualistic approach as describing our way of oneness, it said that the teacher and the student are one. You know? Uh, the clergy and the lay are one. And so we have a lay minister. 
the congregation, which is composed of individuals, empower themselves. And and uh, Shinran lived among the ordinary people. You know, well, in his day, the priests were privileged class. They were the only ones that could receive formal education. They, the, the temples were the source of education. Okay. No ordinary farmers and merchants, they, they didn't have formal education. Okay. But if they did want to get some kind of education, they went to learn from the priests, okay, who were the learned ones. Now, in modern times, the lay community, the lay congregation, they're all educated. Okay. Uh, and the lay ministers, the ministers or clergy come from the lay community or congregation. And even under that system, okay, there is a, a, a divide between the two classes. Even though the lay members, some of them very dedicated and so forth, decided to go into the ministry. They went, they did the training, and now they're different from where they came from, from, from the lay status. Now they're clergy. And in Shinran's day, the clergy were uh, aristocratic, exclusive. They talked, they, they presented uh, Buddhism to the aristocracy, political leaders, big shots. Okay? Uh, and then when, in terms of history, Shinran and his teacher Honen, their Nembutsu approach down to the people uh, was seen as threatening the aristocracy of the exclusivity of the existing clergy. So they, so Sinan and Honen were exiled. Politics and religion were very much, were very close in traditional Japanese history. We take for granted separation of church and state. But when the government endorses a religion, and a whole country has a national religion, it's a different atmosphere. And uh, so when Shinran went through exile to uh, out in the country, lives in the village alongside the, the farmers uh, and so forth, he learned to communicate and identify with common folks. And he spent his rest of his career when he came back to Kyoto and so forth. He says, hey, I'm, I'm neither a layman nor a monk. Hey, we're just people. If you're interested in the Dharma, go. You don't need the stamp of authenticity, approval, and so forth. So, uh, 
I could see Bright Dawn as being the next step in that whole historical movement of power to the people. Now, we introduce the concept of a lay minister. Rather than separate clergy, even though they, they were lay and they became clergy, and now they're different, qualitatively different. But here, the concept of lay ministry, anybody and everybody is their own teacher. And others can learn from them. They could, if, it, if the karmic situation in, uh, is right, then they might have their own group because it happens. Okay? That's what their talents are and so forth, and circumstances are such that uh, he has the followers. And it's a natural evolution of the Sangha. So, uh, Shinran, we, we extend the fact of a lay ministry. See, before, there's always the giver and the receiver, two different categories, the lay and then the sangha members. But here, it's just one dynamic whole you have a group of people together, they're teaching themselves. They got their own leaders and or an individual just by himself. He himself is his teacher and he is himself his student. Or we might call it inner teacher and inner student. They're both in there. Uh, that's the idea behind lay ministry. It's not that idea that, oh, I want to become a lay minister so then I can go out and be a teacher. No. Our approach is not that our program, study program, is not to produce teachers. This is the most common misorientation, I suppose, or fundamental assumption of people that want to go into our program. They think it's a traditional, I'm going to go into the ministry you know, of course, for my benefits, well, I could teach others. Okay? And you have the status of a label, a title, okay? sensei or teacher. And you look out and you see the other ones that are not, then so they're students, they're disciples, okay? they're sangha members. But in lay ministry, fundamentally the core is you yourself are the teacher and the student. Okay? You are empowered. And you are with yourself every day, all the time. So this is everyday Buddhism. Every day. Okay? Not just a, once a week when the formal teacher comes and gives the message and, or there's a consultation or you know something like that. No. Any moment. Any place you could give and receive a teaching. This is a different, uh, fundamentally different. And I think it's the culmination of power to the people, moving toward the people, and the people are it now. Uh, I don't know if I uh, 
describe this as, you know, eloquently as could be done in terms of the rationale in, and within a historical context of lay ministry development. Um, but uh, uh, now instead of somebody saying, hey, teacher or, or sensei, even though, you know, that's a social convention. Huh? And sensei, of course, could mean a tea ceremony teacher, uh, ikebana, a flower arrangement teacher, okay? or even a, a public school teacher. They're all called senseis. Okay? So it has, it's nothing limited to just to the spiritual or religious realm of senseis. And uh, when we call a name, in, in terms of the topic of name calling, by name calling, I mean uh, your name is called. If someone else is calling you, okay, there's, there's a lot of stories in the Buddhist literature of uh, students coming to different masters and saying, you know, they want to receive teachings. And that was part of their spiritual journey, their pilgrimage. They went from temple to temple or they heard about certain reputations, certain teachers, and they went and they traveled. They walked and they traveled to a temple, and then there was a formal ritual of asking permission, meeting with the uh, the Osho or the resident minister of the temple and saying, I would like to, you know, study under you. Okay? And they would have a talk and learn about the student and kind of, challenge his sincerity, his motivation, okay? and there's interesting dialogues, mondos, they call it. Okay? Some of them, you know, could traditionally are, are, are challenges, or they made it real difficult for a person to say, to, to just eat, very easily come and be, study at this temple. They made him wait several days outside the temple. They won't even grant the interview. This is all in the literature. Very traditional. <laughs> it won't work in modern society okay. unless it's ritualized and everybody knows that there's that, that, that this process is being simulated. Okay. And it's for the benefit of the whole process that they do this. They want to make sure the if it's just easy, say, oh, okay, you want to study here? Okay. What do you want to study here? They say, oh, are you sincere? Yes, I am. Okay. And there's stories in the literature that, that the teacher ignores the student. Then the guy cut his arm off. He says, I'm serious. Then the teacher looks at him and says, oh, well, I, I, I guess you're kind of serious. <laughs> you know, stories like this, maybe myth, maybe legend, yeah, whatnot. But there are stories where the person had to wait. He wasn't even let in. He had to wait at the gate there on the, on the entrance steps several days. Okay. But it was ritualized. The, the monks would come and give them food and say, okay, hang in there. You doing okay? okay. And once in a while they'd come out and say, hey, what are you doing here? Get out of here. And they have a, a stick. And they get out of here. And they chase him. But it's ritualized where a lot of the monks in, in their robes 
they have a sort of a thick belt, a rope belt, pretty thick one. And so when when the senior monk hits him, says, get out of here, and hits him with a stick, he makes sure to hit him right on that thick rope, so not really hitting his body. So it's rich, that's what I mean by ritualized. Okay? And they simulate uh, making it difficult to, so that he really experiences himself as a student and I'm determined and I'm sincere and I'm dedicated. Okay? And I'm going to grab onto this uh, entrance pole here, this pillar, and you're not going to be able to drag me away or chase me away. Uh, some aspect of this, maybe in different forms, process might still be operating in modern times. Okay? But uh, there, you can see that there, there's value in this rather than in something that's easy to, to enter into. Okay? Sometimes, uh, you know, secular cases, there's initiation rites and all this stuff, and there's dangers in that, you know, hazing and so forth. But anyway, you've got to challenge yourself. You are the senior monk, the student, and you are also the beginner. And your inner teacher is always challenging you. Okay? And the first challenge is when you want to enter onto the way itself and study Buddhism. Hey, how serious are you? Well, I read books. I got the nightstand Buddhist, you know. I got the books on my nightstand. I read every night. I'm learning Buddhism. Okay. And then what is the process, the next step in the spiritual journey, spiritual training? Join a Sangha. Maybe you do have an objective physical teacher, but you still always have that inner teacher. And you can't fool that inner teacher because he knows you. He is you. He knows your weaknesses. He knows how you try to get away with things, consciously or unconsciously. Okay? So this is all a matter of sincerity, not playing the game, playing a role. Okay? Uh, so this sincerity is, is in the... So, for example... The teacher, there's stories in the literature like the student comes and wants to study and then this. And the teacher in the temple there, they'll make it easy. And uh, one time the student's walking away and the teacher calls his name. The student turns around and he says, uh, then the teacher says, uh, hey, what else do you want from me? You see how natural what just happened? I call your name and you turn around and say yes. That's all you need to know. Okay. You're being called, not literally by your name, but you're, that name calling is external. Something's getting your attention. Something's calling you. Something, some object, some, some event is happening in your life. All kind of life events. Are you responding with your whole self? Are you engaged? 
Are you one with whatever you want to do and are doing? Or are you, do you see it just as a means to an end or being clever to achieve something? Okay. So when it's external, somebody calling you or you're in what kind of environment you're in, well, you know, that's an important aspect of the process. But then the other side of the process, like I said, is internal. You call yourself. You're always talking to yourself. You you better be careful how you talk to yourself. Okay. Uh, and there's a stories in the Buddhist literature again of the teacher who knows that this process is important for himself. Okay. A teacher never stops becoming a student, you know. Okay. So the teacher, every morning, in the story in the literature as it goes, calls himself. Okay, someone calls, I call myself. Hey, Koyo. I say, yes. Now this whole, that process means, are you serious? Hey, you, I'm talking to you. Okay. You're talking to yourself. Call your name. Hey. What you doing today? It's a new day. Are you serious about your spiritual journey today? Huh? You call yourself. Do you know that your time here on earth is limited? You don't have all, you know, forever. You better get serious. Earnest. That's in your name. You're calling yourself. You're calling yourself out. <laughs> um, well, this is a, a kind of a process that we could, should become aware of okay, when we but name calling. <laughs> Not usually by name calling we mean something bad. You know, someone's calling you a bad name. They're calling you your name. It's about you. That's what we mean. Okay, now, today's induction, and uh, I just kind of talking about it in a live Dharma Sunday. Live Dharma Sunday. (laughs) So this concludes uh, live Dharma Sunday. For May 16th, 2021, uh, and the message was, hey, call yourself. And when you're called, okay, don't ask for who's calling who. You're being called, whether by others, your environment, your karmic past, or your own aspirations. Okay? It's you. Get with it. That's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, hey, keep going, and you have a beautiful day. Thank you. And I might say, you know, for induction weekend, uh, in about a half an hour, we're going to start the 9 a.m. time, 9 a.m. pre-induction Uh, session 
and LM13, yeah, 13 groups have gone through the program. There's a 13, okay, and they're going to be inducted this morning at 10 a.m. Pacific time. And for the prior hour before that, and we're just, uh, they're getting together, pre-induction meeting, and I'm going to talk about the lay program and as it pertains to their own psychological dynamics so they could appreciate the impact and significance of the induction ceremony that's going to immediately follow that. And I think that any any lay minister, pastor, president, or people that are just interested in Buddhism, all of it is relevant in different kinds of ways, different context, but it could be valuable. So uh, even though the remarks are done specifically to a particular group, LM13, okay, the, the, the spiritual journey, the spiritual process okay, is universal and applies to all of us. So everybody's invited at 9 a.m. We're going to do the pre-induction gathering. Thank you.